What's up, WMT Podcast? It's the the middle of summer, Shane. And dog, hot. dog days. The dog days. You know why they call it dog days? I don't know why they call it the dog days, man. Why do they call it the dog days, I, Shane? Weird, I was looking this up earlier because someone said that, and I was like, I don't know what that means. Uh, it, 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 it's, it's astrological. So I, I guess it's when Sirius comes comes uh, over top of our sky and whatnot. But on this thing, it also says uh, it's connected with uh, heat, drought, sudden thunderstorms, uh, fever, mad dogs, bad luck, uh, uh, being irritable, um, like falling down, like like falling down. Like, that, that took like, place during the dog days of like summer. Every day in this fucking town right now. Yeah, yeah, full circle. <laughs> yeah. How local Great. is that? <laughs> I've always wondered because I've always said that it's the dog days of summer. You see it like on the Weather Channel, the like, dog days of summer. Yeah, and yeah, that's it. I just it the days thing. are long and it's hot and people are irritable. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. But anyway, we're in it. Yeah, we're in it. That's a weird thing too. Like the, the weather coinciding with like how you feel because then mm-hmm. people also say, "Oh, you got like the what is it like the the winter blues? Like when it's like February and it's dreary and oh season. What do they call it? Seasonal. Wait, what do they call it? seasonal uh, depression? Se- yeah, but there's it's an affection disorder or something. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, so yeah, uh, so you're it, depressed in the winter. Yeah, you're pissed off in the summer. Yeah, <laughs> what do you got? Yeah, when you get it together. <laughs> well, that's why everyone's like, everyone's like, what, what, what's, what? When do you like being here the best? October and May are pretty nice. <laughs> I'm happiest then. Oh, it's a real thing. Guys, right? It's a real thing. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's true. Man, that it really runs rampant in like Alaska and stuff, man. Well, yeah, I'm sure like the 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 yeah. The we winters do. are brutal. Yeah, with well, the, the daylight. Summers are pretty changing. wonderful. Yeah, I'm sure that's because that's it doesn't get crazy hot there too. Well, these days it has been, I guess. You've seen all these like crazy heat records and stuff. Yeah, everywhere. Oh. Mm. It's scary, man. Climate change is a hoax, though. Oh, absolutely. Um, but anyway. The Chinese uh, did it. <laughs> that, that might be true. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. We're, we'll equal, never, we'll never we're know. equal opportunity haters on the Whatever It Means to You podcast. <laughs> um, my guest today is Chris Reed, who is a Whatever It Means to You veteran. He, he was on here, I think, at the episode's 40s or 50s. And then uh, Will Russo. Will Russo is uh, definitely a, a conversation that I've wanted to have on this podcast for a long time. Um, uh, at, at first sight, Will Russo is, is uh, an obviously d- disabled individual physically, but just a wonderful human, a uh, great mind, uh, a wonderful drummer at that, which when we get into the story, you'll discover how he, you know, the obstacles he had to overcome and kind of against all odds became a very talented drummer. There's also a video you can see if you'd like to just get into it. I'd like to, we talk about it at the end of the podcast, but I'd like to just preface that where if you'd like to kind of see Will you know, drumming and do and doing his thing. You can go to YouTube and look up a, a video called Willosaurus Rex, uh, Will W I L Asaurus, and then Rex W R E C K S. It's actually an original tune that both him and Chris did together, and showcases Will's Will's drumming, which is an inspiration in of itself. Just a wonderful human. Glad to have him on the Whatever It Means to You podcast, and we hope that you enjoy listening to it just as much we enjoyed having them on here. So please uh, help us welcome Will Russo and Chris Reed. From Boat Studios in Destin, Florida, it's the Whatever It Means to You podcast. It's something that most people don't like at first. With Jared Gramblin. I love my job, but I hate talking to people like you. And Shane Denton. White people, yay! We got a good one for you today! Back in the studio for the Whatever It Means to You podcast. I have two guests with me today. 
uh, Will Russo, which I've recently learned that Russo is equivalent to the Smith of Italians. So, because uh, I was like, are you related to this other Russo? I know he's like, nah, man, that's there's a lot of oh, yeah. a lot of Russos, and uh, Chris Reed. So yep. Chris is actually a whatever it means to you veteran. You may have heard him. I think like in the '40s and '50s episodes of uh, Beyond Expectations, I believe is what yep, we called that one. Correct. So glad to have you back, man, and uh, right. welcome. Will. Thank you, sir. Glad to have you, man. We'll get right into it. I guess, Will, if you want to start out, uh, since you are the uh, the rookie here on the podcast, go ahead and just give us a little bit of background by yourself, and then we'll start to dig in, man. Well, I, I wanted to touch on the uh, the Smiths of the Russos. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if, if that were the case, if it weren't the case, then uh, there are so many famous Russo actors out there, dude. Like, I would be rolling in it, dude. Like... <laughs> Yeah, at least have uh, at least have a rich uncle or something, right? right? I, I mean, I probably wouldn't be sitting on the podcast. I, I don't, <laughs> yeah, especially, especially a local podcast. Oh, come on! Now. <laughs> yeah, so uh, so yeah, man, you're obviously you you're a, a talented man. You you play drums, and and all that. Uh, I guess let's just start. How old were you when you first started playing drums? And uh, at what point did you start playing out in public, like in bands, clubs, etc., all that stuff? So. I started playing at probably around three years old. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I always kid with people and go like, yeah, I was the, the child prodigy that never made it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's kind of the truth of the matter. But um, yeah, so I started playing at three years old um, and I started playing out in public probably in high school. Um I, I was part of the the praise band at um, Rocky Bayou Christian School. You're a Rocky Bayou kid. Yes. Okay. What <laughs> what year? What years were you at Rocky Bayou? Uh, <laughs> I graduated '09, and so I was okay. Okay. Yeah. So, so a bit after, uh, I was I was in uh, some some Christian punk rock bands coming up through high school, but I graduated in '01, and I knew quite a few of the Rocky Bayou kids just from from that. Uh, nice. From that scene, I didn't mean I didn't mean to just steal your story there, but no, I always, no, no, that's cool. Dude. Uh, I know I know several Rocky Bayou people, and they always seem to have really interesting stories. Yeah, uh, well, I feel like I feel like half the kids that went to Rocky Bayou were because their parents wanted them in a Christian school, and the other half had to go there because they couldn't go to any other school. So you had this really <laughs> weird blend of these like just heathens <laughs> and like like thieves and you know yeah. savages mixed with these. People, but these kids who had never heard the F word before in their lives. Right, right. No, no. It, is it, that accurate? It is totally accurate. Yeah. So, you know, like you you had the kids that stood, you know, on one side of the school, and then you had the good kids that are always at their lockers and getting their stuff mm-hmm. out. Yeah. I'm ready for class. Where did you fall in? And I, oh, I was I was the kid that was standing around. Okay. You <laughs> know, uh, no, to be fair, I was the kid that was kind of in between. I, I got where the good kids were coming from because, like... If I was not a good kid, my mom would kick my ass. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, you know, at the same time, I was also a bit rebellious and wanted to be with the bad kids because I was like, F the world, you know. Um, a rock and roller. Yeah, I was a rock and roller for okay. sure. Yeah, for yeah, sure. yeah. So um, I I fit in with both. Mm-hmm. But the um, the prep kids didn't <laughs> didn't like me as much as I liked them, I guess. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Imagine that. Imagine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
So I'm sorry, but 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 anyway, you could just continue about the kind of we were talking about you playing drums, um, and how you got started. You said you played. Did you play at Rocky Bayou? Like I did. Okay. Yeah. Um. I. So I was on the praise band um, there, and so I went on this this thing called Junior Senior Retreat that they had at Rocky Bayou, and I had seen the praise band the year before in tenth grade, and said, "Oh, that looks so cool! I would love to do that." And they were like, oh, well, you know, it's not something that we open up for everybody to do. You know, these people are already established and, you know, you, you would have to put a band together and this and that and the other. And they, they, I had to jump through so many hoops. Mm-hmm. Well, anyway, 11th grade, uh, jumping back to the junior senior treat, um, I had a couple of guys that were like, hey, man, do you actually want to put together a praise band? And um, I said, yeah. And so we took over as the second praise band um, at Rocky Bayou, and we were on rotation. And so that was my first taste of getting out there publicly. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was... Who was better, praise band one or praise band two? Oh, praise band one by far. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, yeah. No. Okay. Well, they were the seniors. I mean, okay. like, they were, they were legit. Were they angry uh, about the rotation, about the implementation of the rotation? No, they really weren't. Okay. I mean, they, they were actually pretty cool with it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> you know, you figure if you play every single Thursday and you have to play the same songs mm. every single Thursday, eventually you're going to be like, dude, I'm tired of playing the same song. Sure. Let me have a break for a week. Yeah, that makes sense. So, I, I mean, in hindsight, I can answer that. Then it didn't seem like it, it mattered too much. Mm. Um, so... Did I mention I hate hearing myself? <laughs> <laughs> if you don't want the headphones on, you can take them off. Okay. They aren't mandatory. Uh, yeah. Cool. There you go. Yeah, we'll we'll just do it this way. <laughs> cool. Yeah. A, a lot of people they they feel comfortable with them on, but it, a lot of people don't. So if you don't take them off, you know, yeah, it's yeah. no big deal. Thanks. Oh, yeah, Sorry man. about that. It's okay. So yeah, um and anyway, so I got into that outlet for for being in praise band because I wasn't allowed to be in band. Um, the the teacher didn't want to take the time to teach me how to read notes and do all that stuff like that because I I feel like he saw me more as a lost case because can we uh, yeah can we touch cause. on that because a lot of people we should have maybe discussed that before we just to put some perspective sure, on, sure. onto that if you want to discuss a little bit um, about about your uh, condition right, so right. people understand first so I have orthogryposis and it. That's the short name for it. It has a whole long name, and I'm not going to go into that because <laughs> uh, I can't remember it. Anyway, um, so it affects my wrists, my arms, and my shoulders, and even to some account my knees. Um, so my my movements and my uh, my motor movements, you know, being able to reach things and and whatnot, it's very limited. Um, I I can't reach above chest height. Okay, can't do any of that. So I, I had to I had to learn how to do most things that people normally take for granted. Um, that being said, you know, this being a podcast, listeners wouldn't be able to see that I'm disabled, but mm. it's 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 very visually. Like, you understand that I'm disabled. Sure. Right, right. I mean, you you can see that I have a problem, right? Mm -hmm. So um, people make judgments, I think, very easily before they know 
who I am as a person. And that's not to, to say that I'm looking for sympathy or any of that. It just, that's how people are. Yeah. Um, they, they normally judge what they don't know. Well, yeah. So if you were playing drums since you were three years old, even even with a, a clearly a visible disability, like even teachers and shit, they they wouldn't be like, can we hear you play? They would just kind of discard it from Correct. immediately. Because yeah, I'm assuming yeah. that even with even with your disability, it'd be ex- extremely challenging to play the drums. Right. You know, right. but um, you, you, you'd think that giving that experience by the time you were in high school, you're probably still a pretty decent drummer. Is that accurate? Uh, yeah, actually, I was I was a pretty damn good drummer. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it, compared to a high school student, I mean, I, I was up there. It was me and Evan Letterman. I think were the two like mm-hmm. actual drummers of the school. Okay, um, and so yeah, it it was tough. And I'll say this: I, I started trying to get into band because I was like, well, I'm a drummer. I oughta at least try to get into band, right? Mm-hmm. So I started trying to do that at around eighth grade. Mm-hmm. And the the teacher, he was like, yeah, sure, we'll put you in the beginning band. And so he threw me in it, didn't want to teach me to read notes, uh, gave me you know sh- these sheets of paper with notes on them. I'm like, what do I do with these? Yeah. <laughs> you know, so um, I kind of had to learn these pieces as other people taught them to me, and I had to play them pretty much from memory. And, you know, being that I had played drums for so long already, um, that was something that I was accustomed to doing anyway, so it didn't matter. Uh, But that being said, it wasn't enough to go into, like, symphonic band in ninth grade. And instead of doing the work as a teacher, he was just like, nah, we'll let you go. And so I I didn't get back into band for any of the duration of of my high school, you know, life. Um, and so, yeah, that, that, that played a kind of a rough role on me because, you know, that had been the first time that even a teacher had kind of said, eh, kind of discounted you. Right. Right. And, and made me feel as if I couldn't do it or I couldn't be, uh, that I wasn't good enough for the job because mm-hmm. of my disability, not necessarily because... Not because of your skill set. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, yeah, you know what's funny, though, is in 12th grade, praise band became a class. Um, and so I had to go in front of a, a, some judges, you know, like three judges, three of the the, the teachers... And they had to say whether I could be back in praise band or not. And so, uh, you know, I, I showed up, I played the drums, and we went through a couple of praise songs. And the band director happened to be one of the judges. And he goes, man, you're really good. Uh, <laughs> can we possibly get you into jazz band? And I was like, well, for one, I don't know how to read notes. And number two, I'm a senior. And it was just good enough for me that I was, you know, just kind of gave him the bird sort of, mm, you know, because he was like, yeah, we don't have anybody for the jazz band and you're great and we really need you. And I'm like, yeah, well, too bad you didn't do your job. Sure, <laughs> sure. Yeah. So, you so know, it was slight validation toward the right. End of no, the no, totally. Career. And and so, you know, that was it was a slight victory, but. It kind of stung at the same time. It was just kind of like, you know, I could have been in the jazz band. Mm-hmm. Are you allowed to say the F word at Rocky Bayou? Oh, no, absolutely not. Because <laughs> <laughs> I would have probably dropped a couple uh, of them. Uh, right. 
Oh, you know? I did. I did every once in a while, and somebody was like, you said the F word. I'm going to go tell on you. Yeah. I'm like, oh, my God, prep kids suck so much. Uh, uh, so, uh, so let's see. What happens, after, what happens after high school, man? Okay, so after high school is whenever I started to try to get into some sort of playing publicly you know like I, I knew that what I wanted to do is be a musician my father wanted me to be an accountant and let me tell you I took the classes I ain't being an accountant mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> it just ain't happening I, I failed the classes miserably uh, I went to college um, I've got an associate's degree I did the college thing mm. but you know while I was in college it, it was one of those things that I hated being in college because I wasn't doing in college what I feel like I have been called to do. You know, like, we we all kind of feel like this is where we're supposed to be in life, right? Like, you know, you doing the podcast, this is this is a joy to you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, you don't do yeah, it. Yeah, it's definitely not make, a moneymaker. Right, exactly. <laughs> exactly. You don't make... Huge amounts of money yeah. off of this. You don't. Yeah. It's well, actually quite the opposite. Right, yeah, right, right. It's cost us money. <laughs> exactly, and you know, you know I, I bring five thousand dollars equipment to make fifty bucks. You mm. know what I mean, like so. Yeah, it, it's kind of the same thing. But I was in college, and I wanted to be something else other than what my folks wanted me to be. So it was a very trying part of my life, you know, uh, especially coming out of Rocky Bayou, and being like, okay, well, now what do I do? Because I was in third track in Rocky Bayou, just to backtrack a little bit. Third track is basically the the, the mental disability unit okay. of, of Rocky Bayou. And I don't have any mental disabilities. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I, I'm not... I have physical disabilities, but mentally, uh, I'm perfectly fine. I mean... I made all A's and B's and never did anything. <laughs> well, that was, that was actually going to be one of my questions. Because of your physical disabilities, would, would people automatically either assume or, or treat you as if you were, you were mentally disabled? And yeah. apparently that's accurate. That, that is accurate, yes. Um, and even to the point of I, I think sometimes family members would do that too. And, and they don't know necessarily that they're doing it. And I can't get mad at them for doing it, but it's one of those things. It's like, yes, I'm not, you know, the R word. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, think, I think as a society, I think we're more or less programmed to be standoffish unless there is that initial ice-breaking moment. Because mm-hmm. I can remember when I first met Will, I actually thought he was going to hate my guts because um, – I've been following Joe Fingers around and admiring his piano playing. And at the time, my nonprofit, Young Philosophers Society, was downtown on the strip. And um, Joe got in touch with me and said, I'm playing KC's today and I need a drummer. Can you fill in? And I'm like, sure, yeah. I had no idea that I was filling in for Will. Okay. So, and then he shows up at the gig with a couple other guys and I'm sitting there playing drums in his gig. I'm like, this dude's going to hate me. <laughs> and, um, but, so that 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 was my my first impression of him and immediately I looked and I saw his arms and his hands and 
you know, I'm, my, my mind goes to how the hell does he play drums like that? Mm-hmm. And the answer to that question is very well, and it pisses me off because I grew up playing drums. I'm, most people that have only met me in the last 10 years know me as a bass player, but I grew up in middle school, high school, and college as a drummer. And, um, and he is able to do things with, and if you watch that video, this uh, Willisaurus Rex video, his stick grip is remarkable and it's completely foreign and makes absolutely no sense to me as a trained drummer that grew up playing drums and learned to play in school, learned traditional grip. And, um, but it's amazing. And, uh, now we play together in a few different bands and, or one time in particular, like I grew up and I always wanted to learn the drum part on Hot for Teacher, that drum intro that sounds like an engine starting up, and I never could get the hang of it. And I was sitting there tuning up my bass, and then I hear him right behind me, like going off on this Hot for Teacher intro. Mm-hmm. Like, dude, you suck. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's not fair. It's, it's a bit, and 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 from that moment on, I failed to I I, I failed to see that as. And a lot of times, maybe to his detriment, I, sometimes I maybe like overcompensate and don't take into consideration the other things that might be harder for him. Mm-hmm. Because I feel a lot of times I feel like, well, if he's a better drummer than I am, he should be able to do this better too, and he should be gooder at everything. And <laughs> um, so, but I, I was guilty as well until we had that ice breaking moment, and it just took me like maybe stepping out of my comfort zone and talking to him about it. And I, th- I think that if more people did that, if and if we all looked at each other and like saw our differences as something to talk about mm-hmm. instead of something to shy away from, you know, because um, from, from that moment on, once we had that ice breaking moment where I'm like, okay, I'm watching your hands now. I, I want to watch how you're doing this. And he is, never taken a step back and we've become better friends for it. And we've also become better, um, co-conspirators and bandmates as far as like when we're doing gigs together, if we go off into like a jam segment or something like that, I look at him and he's looking at me and we're able to read each other and we see each other. I don't see his disability whenever we're playing music mm-hmm. and cause you, you will never hear it. Yeah. Uh, it's um, remarkable. Do you play any other instruments? You know, I've attempted to play piano, and I I can do a few little ditties here and there, you know. But it's I'm not. I can't physically form chords and and do things like that because I I just don't have the finger movement for all that. Uh, but I mean, I, I play xylophone pretty good. Okay. You know, because it's it's. It's related, right, to, to drumming. I mean, mm-hmm. it's you're still using two sticks, and you've got a slew of notes. Um, so I have the potential to, you know, to play things like that. It just, I, I don't, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. How'd you come up with the nickname Willosaurus? And I see you're wearing a, a dinosaur shirt as well. Yeah, yeah. I'm obviously a, a big fan of dinosaurs, uh, if you can't tell by well, Did you read what it arm. says? Uh-huh. Yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, it's it's two dinosaurs standing next to each other just uh, to give everyone a picture of what's going on. Uh, one says that I love you this much. 
holding its arms up, you know, and the other dinosaur is like, eh, it's not very much. <laughs> so, um, Willosaurus actually was a nickname that was given to me in high school to make fun of me. Okay. And uh, at the time, I didn't think it was very funny. Uh, matter of fact, it rather pissed me off. Um, but, you know, as time went on, I found that getting mad about people not understanding or even to the fact getting mad about, you know, my own disability was only hurting me, not helping me. And so if you can make people laugh and and make light of a situation that seems more dark than anything, then it lets people, it helps people to open up to you more instead of them shying away and wondering what's okay and not okay to say. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of times... Like, you know, like, so you basically took the term, which was a term to, that was meant to hurt you, and you almost turned it into a term of endearment. Correct. And yeah. that kind of breaks it to say, you know, but this is okay to talk about. Like, uh, you aren't trying to be mean, you aren't trying to hurt my feelings kind of thing. Right, right. You know, to, you pretty much flipped the script on them. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Um, so, you know, um, it, it was one of those things, you know, I, I just took what was a term of of hate and misunderstanding to a term of we're going to make this funny now. Do you recommend other people embracing that? Yes. Or do you, no. or do you think it takes a pretty strong mind? I, I think it takes someone coming to a certain point in their mind to where they can be comfortable with themselves enough to say that, I get that other people might think this is funny. I get that I'm different enough to to make light of it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like it, it took me a while to come to grips with that. For a long time, I was more angry about it than anything. But it, at this point, you know, I'm. It, it doesn't do me any good, especially with people. You know, like you and I. Um, it doesn't do me any good to to come at you and, and be shy and and you know not talk about anything. But if I come at you and I'm joking and lighthearted about the whole situation, it makes it to where you're more willing to talk to me about the situation. Sure. Right. And so it it does take someone being comfortable in their own skin um, for them to be able to do that. And I think that they it, it's. You can hurt your own self if you don't come at it right. So you say they should draw the line at their own personal comfort level? Right, right, exactly, right. So, you know, if if you're comfortable making jokes about yourself and can do it without hurting your own feelings, do it. Mm -hmm. If you can't and you're not that person, then it's not for you and don't even try it. Yeah. So it basically it can be utilized as a tool. Sure. Sure. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's, it's been my biggest social tool to be honest. I mean, it's like the biggest icebreaker in the world, you know, like I'm wearing a T-Rex shirt right now. Right. I've had so many people walk up to me and go, dude, that is freaking awesome. Like that is so funny. And they get it. They get it without even, knowing that my name is Willosaurus, but whenever I add that to it, then they're like, okay, this became even better now. Hmm. You know, so um, that's that's been the nickname. 
That's why it became that. Um, do, do the characteristics of, of that make it easier or more difficult to like meet new people? Um, it makes it a lot easier, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the characteristics of the nickname or the characteristics of the... Which, which well, of both, of that and Arthur. Oh, you read? Yeah, <laughs> that's what it says. <laughs> yeah, I, we were t- that was one of the things we were laughing about on the way over. I was in my phone, and we were talking to put, putting together some, some possible questions yeah. for, for this. I used to call it Abracadabra. I was like, okay. Will, we're going to talk about your Abracadabra today? Because I couldn't remember Arthrograposis. Mm-hmm. But when I do talk to text, it says all kinds of funny stuff. What did it say? Arthur can post. Arthur, Arthur going to post. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just figured it was shorten yeah, it. Yeah, I meant to edit that before I sent it to you. <laughs> Arthur going to post this. Arthur going to post this. <laughs> yeah. That's what it says. Arthur going to post this. <laughs> so, yeah, that's fantastic. Right? Text-to-speech has gone yeah, gone, right. uh, gone very far. Uh, but, yeah, yeah, so I find it's much, much easier to meet people if I approach it not with such a serious attitude. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I think people with disabilities most of the time stay so quiet and to themselves uh, for fear that people will judge them or won't understand them. And they're right. People will judge them and won't understand them. But if they have an attitude of being more open and being um, letting people understand them, most of the time they're going to find that people are good to them, mm-hmm. not not bad. And that was something that I wanted to talk on because I, I know one of the questions is about kids. Kids were brutal. Kids are brutally honest. But adults... They have more of a, I would rather not talk about it than to hurt your feelings kind of attitude. Mm-hmm. And um, so that's where the the nickname and where the being lighthearted about it becomes a, a better thing. Because then it's no longer, well, I'm not sure whether I can talk to this person because I'm not sure if I can talk about it. More of... That's funny. By the way, what's going on with you? Mm-hmm. You know, so it, it's only been a vehicle for a, a better social life, to be honest. Yeah. Kids are the worst. Kids mm-hmm. are the worst. Yes. Kids are ugly. Yeah. You, you have eight, Chris. <laughs> Ten. Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. I was going light on you. But, but they can. And, 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 and it, a lot of times with kids, it's, it's a, I, I hate to say innocent, but they don't realize exactly how ugly and hurtful they can be with mm-hmm. the crap that comes out of their mouth. Yeah. And um, whereas, yeah, like you said, adults a lot of times will be more reserved, which could be a good thing or it could be a bad thing because um, I, I know firsthand this is a, a really cool guy mm-hmm. and he's very funny and has a, a, a lot of. Uh, there, there. I'm a better person for having made friends with him. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he's 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 a quality dude, and yeah. um, and and I feel like more than likely, had we not had that ice breaking moment where we engaged each other and talked, and now when I see him, I, I might glance at his hands, but I, I, it's it's just something. It's just part of him. It's like a shirt. It's just yeah. It's just yeah. yeah. And um. 
like I said, almost to his detriment because a lot of times if we're like loading in to play a gig or something and he's got all this drum equipment and stuff that he's dragging, a lot of times I don't even take it into account. And I look at him and he's like, beating up with sweat and stuff. I'm like, dude, you need a hand? Uh, can I help you? <laughs> yeah. Oh, just treat him like a regular yeah, drummer. I, 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 you yeah, set up your singing, your, your yeah, vocal right. mic and your bass into just an amp yeah. and say, I'm done. I'm done. Then we're going to have yeah. a beer. Well, it's yeah. funny. It's yeah. every time he tells me, he's like, do you need a hand? I'm like, no, dude, I need two. <laughs> like, <laughs> let's be honest here. Uh, you know, but yeah. And I, I appreciate that, dude. I really do. Um, I, I had a, a friend, Marcus, asked me one time he goes man how do you do what you do and i'm like he's like how do you play drums i'm like how do you play bass i it's it's not necessarily you you only as a person know what you are dealing with right like you adapt as a person to to the physical world around you. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you know, the way you eat, the way you dress yourself, the way you drive a car, you know, those separate things. Um, you do it the way everyone else pretty much does it because everyone else has it figured out. Um, whereas, you know, people with disabilities like myself, we've had to learn different ways of doing those things. And, it would be hard for me to tell you how I've done them because you don't have the disability. You sure you are aside from just saying hard ways. work, yeah. right? <laughs> well, and yeah, dedication. You no, know, absolutely. Just yeah. like learning any skill. Sure, we're we're all going to have different paths to learning it. Right, right, right. And well, if you were started playing drums when you were three, that was before you. Most people can like really put they, together mm-hmm. a cohesive. Uh, paragraph of conversation anyway so i mean it's probably just like second nature to you by now or is it not uh you know it depends um so funny thing uh, about (laughs) my drumming is that slow speeds are easy mid speeds are extremely hard and fast speeds are extremely easy so like it's you know in my own technique and my own drumming it's the the middle of the road that's the hardest to, to travel. It's, you know, and, you know, with drumming, speeds aren't everything, blah, blah, blah. But whenever it comes down to it playing live, you're going to have those different, you know, speeds. You're going to have your fast songs. You're going to have your slow songs. You're going to have your middle of the road songs. And the middle of the road songs are the ones where I'm, like, sweating Why is profusely. That? I don't know. So, you know, with drumming... I think what it is, is physiologically with drumming, as you get from uh, slow to fast, you're starting to use different muscle groups. And so in the, in the medium side of like between, you know, slow and fast, you're using your slow muscles faster. And then when you go to fast, you're using completely different set. And so I think that that's what it is physiologically is that I'm pushing my body's limits as far as that certain muscle group is concerned. Right. Mm-hmm. Does that make any sense? Yeah. Um, and so right. I, I think that's probably what it is. I'm, I mean, I don't, 
I'm not a doctor. I'm not a scientist. <laughs> yeah. You're not. You're definitely yeah. not an accountant. Yeah, no. I'm not an accountant. <laughs> yes, for sure. <laughs> I, I got lost at taxes, man. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, don't we all? <laughs> Especially being uh, independent <laughs> contractors and uh, creatives or musicians or. Yep. It's uh, yeah, tax season is always a lot of fun for me. I basically I I do on my own still, which oh. that's the last year I'm gonna do. But yeah. my, I basically lock myself in my back office for two straight days, and my wife just hears me scream things. Yep. <laughs> <How are> <laughs> yeah, taxes are the worst. Lots man. of profanity, huh? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, unfortunately. In, in my mind, I just see you right now in like Howard Hughes mode, in that movie The Aviator, where he had like jars of. Piss and stuff, where he just kind of locked himself away in the restroom in, in, a, in a diaper for like a month. That's exactly that's exactly. <laughs> <laughs> See Jared in a diaper. Jesus, no, that's that's not something we want people to envision on the podcast. He comes uh, out with a club. He's a caveman at that right. point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Forgot to speak. Me, forgot Jared, how to speak English. Rip Van Winkle. Me to Texas. Man, what's something that you wish people knew about you? Oh, <laughs> did you want the coin answer? I want whatever you got. Uh, so we joked in the car about this, and I'll share this with the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we joked about this question in the car of having a uh, a rather bigger than normal Johnson. <laughs> well, it makes sense. You're tall. Right, yeah. What are you, 6'4"? 6'3"? Six, six, three? Three. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that would make sense. Right, yeah. Tall dude, big dick. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I wear a size 14 shoe, too, so, you know, hey. It all adds up, man. I, I know, I know. Dude, speaking of which, it is really hard to find shoes. So, you know, to the disability thing, it's already awkward enough to, to go ask for anything from people because mm. I, I just hate asking for stuff from people. But, like, whenever I walk into a shoe store and I'm, I'm already funny looking and I'm like, hey, can I have, like, a, sh- a size 14 shoe? They're like, <laughs> dude, I'm sorry. Mm. Yeah, we, we have them in every uncomfortable style. Which uncomfortable style would you like? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, mm, they're like, well, you know, you can order the comfortable ones online. And I'm like, yeah, but then I can't try them out and hobble around over here. Mm-hmm. So, you know, um, but the the one thing that people don't know about me, hmm, I don't know. I'm, I'm a pretty open book whenever it comes right down to it. That's that's a hard one for me to answer. And I can't just not give you an answer, right? Uh, yeah, we kind of stopped at that one in the car when he got to the big wiener part. We didn't know. <laughs> yeah, well, we can just leave it at that, <laughs> man. <laughs> Fun enough one. Um, you come from a musical family, yeah? Yes. Yes, I do. Um, on my mother's side, I've got an uncle that sings, and he um, he runs open mics and does stuff like that. Um, I've got an aunt who sings. Uh, she, she runs a church. Um, and on my father's side, my grandfather was actually a famous doo-wop singer, which he was unfortunately one of the ones that got screwed by the record companies. So oh, I, don't, I don't get to collect royalties for that. Um, unfortunately, because he... He would have made quite a bit of money Probably, by to, yeah. by today's standards. Well, he, he would have been rich. Mm-hmm. Um, 
uh, my dad was a drummer. Um, he played other instruments too. I'm not sure which ones, but I know he played more than just drums. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what, I mean, when you were three years old, you just had a kid at the house and you yes, just started. Yes. And actually he often tells stories of even before I was three years old, you know, one years old, two years old, the time that I could hold sticks, mm-hmm. I was on his lap beating on some drums. Mm-hmm. That was just how it went. And if there were no drums, it was pots and pans. Just whatever I could grab, yeah. I pretty much beat you like on make it. it. You like making noise. I was a noisy kid. Yeah. Um, Still is. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, and yeah, so my mom doesn't doesn't play any instruments. She's not musical. But uh, yeah, dad, dad is where I got all the musical stuff from and grandpa. Yeah. Now, obviously, with you playing, um, I, I'd assume your main project is is Finger Fire, right? Uh, is yeah. that your main yes. your main deal? Yes, it is. Um, do you have any other any other mentors that you would consider in, in this area? So, um, my first real mentor was a guy named Omar Hart, and uh, dude is a phenomenal drummer. And I don't think that he's actually playing anymore. He's a he's a songwriter okay. um, now, but just just amazing um and so i i spoke of my time at rocky bayou and he was at the time the basketball coach and he had saw me play and he was like hey man that's awesome we should get together and like shed you know so um we did that me him and evan letterman got together and and kind of did this trio drum off thing for uh the 11th grade um talent show and so that was that was really interesting and fun and after high school i took actual lessons from him and he he was the one that taught me to read notes Mm -hmm. so as far as mentors is concerned he's the biggest one that sticks out um now i say first mentor i mean formally my first mentor my dad was obviously my first mentor um, and then, uh, in college I took, um, Fred Domilo and, and that was my second big mentor and Fred still plays around here a lot. Um, and he's often jumping on a plane to go play some jazz show up and up North somewhere and dude, dude's a phenomenal drummer. Um, but as far as local is concerned that I haven't taken any lessons from, Peer-wise, I, I think that B- Billy Karen sticks out in, in my head from... He was playing Shouts with Heritage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, him and uh, Shane were actually really close in high school. So. Yeah. Um, I, funny thing is, actually, I was... Uh, I went to daycare with him like whenever I was like six years old. <laughs> and then I met him again as an adult. And he goes... he You know, my name as a kid was Willie. Willie is what everyone called me. And so he goes, Willie? And I was like... No one calls me that anymore. But what's <laughs> no, up, man? <laughs> uh, they do now. <laughs> uh, by the way, if you see me in public, don't call me Willie. Please do. <laughs> I put that name down in 10th grade. Big Dick Will. <laughs> Big Willie Will. <laughs> hey, it's Big Willie. Anyway, no. <laughs> I was called Big Willie style by. Uh, by my mentor for a while there. Um, and I think he still calls me that every once in a while. Um, 
but anyway, so as far as local talent is concerned, you know, Billy was one of the ones that I was like, dude, that's awesome. And also uh, Hayden Welsh. Hayden Welsh and I had uh, hung out quite a bit and, and sat out and played some drums together. And dude's a phenomenal drummer. Uh, and and very very kind at the same time. Uh, he's he's new to our area, isn't he? Or is did he just recently start playing? Out? No, I, you know because I know his name has just recently been because I've seen him playing with right because he's he's with uh, he's with Heritage now mm-hmm. I think and he's playing with the Rochem Beatles I believe. Okay. Um, so he used to be in a band called Rossi, and he he graduated from I think either I think Fort Walton Beach High School is where he graduated. Mm-hmm. Um, so he, he was, uh, with, a I didn't know he was in Rossi. Yeah. I like, I think those guys are doing cool stuff. I yeah. like what Rossi does. Yeah. Uh, Rossi's sweet. I love that mm-hmm. band. And if anyone in this podcast hasn't checked out Rossi, R O S S I, check them out. They are so cool. Yeah. I need to get, I need to get one of them on here actually. Um, That's an invitation. If they listen yeah. to this, well, put me in contact I'll them. Put I'd you love in to contact with them yeah. too. I mean, yeah, sure. Uh, I believe Logan wow. clinking beard still works at uh, lights music yeah logan is the one who i've spoken with a few times logan actually sold me this and like some other stuff yeah yeah so So, i mean that's that's gonna probably be the easiest way to get rossi in here Mm -hmm. um is is talk to logan Mm -hmm. uh but anyway so yeah um he he was very key to me as far as uh hayden being uh he was very key to me as far as being a drummer around here um because I met him as I was just starting to get into rudiments. Um, and I'll backtrack on that in just a second. Uh, but I met him just as I was getting into rudiments and, and he helped me push further, um, to, to gain more speed and more accuracy around the set as a whole. And so, um, those two stand out to me and, uh, my buddy, Joe Townsend, um, him and I in high school were constantly, um, shedding and and just throwing down on some drums and and he would teach me one thing and i'd teach him the other thing and it would just it it was a a mutual um you know drumming kind of friendship you know what i mean uh and joe i i still am friends with him to this day I, i think we've been friends for like 12 years or something like that so he's just a good buddy um he doesn't play anymore <laughs> mm. I know a lot of people that don't play anymore. Well, it's hard to do when life gets in the way. Yep. Sure, yeah. You know, well, I mean, I guess that I chose it over life. I guess at <laughs> well, certain points. Yeah. If I, I know that sounds bad, probably, but some people can't get away from it. I mean, I know personally, I've quit playing in in my life several times, and now I just have the the really good fortune to to be in a situation where through our nonprofit, I get to play, uh, I play music with kids twice mm-hmm. a week, you yeah. know, and, um, and I, with Fingafaya, I have the, the KC's gig that's early enough and it's a family friendly place and my kids get to come see sure. me play. So I, I haven't, this go around, I, I've been fortunate enough to be able to do it to the extent that I want to do it. And, the venues that I play, like um, I'm playing in a bluegrass band and we're going to be playing Beauchamp's in a couple of weeks. And mm-hmm. it's a family-friendly gig that I can bring my kids to. And it's early enough. So I found myself in a situation to where I'm able to still play music. So 
I, I, as far as you choosing music over life, I would say that you're doing pretty well at both. Well, thanks, man. And I, I think he's playing music to to an extent that a lot of people would be jealous of the, the, of the extent that you're playing music. But um, his life, in life, he's kicking ass in life right now, too. He's doing a lot of things that um, that he's not been able to do um, recently. I mean, there's a, a lot going on with him. Like He recently got his driver's license and got his first car, and he's doing a lot of really cool stuff. So. Yeah, so that was a tough hurdle, um, <coughs> get, getting my license and first car. Um, and it was a tough hurdle because I had had been in a, a in a couple of really bad accidents as a kid and that on top of being disabled and not wanting to hurt somebody else I I just said I'm going to forego getting my license because I I didn't want to be the next tragedy for somebody else and also you know I didn't have the confidence to be the passenger in a vehicle much less drive the thing and so it took me a long time to get over both of those hurdles um so like you'd freak out like on on the ride to school yes okay yeah and not necessarily outwardly like no one knew that i was Mm -hmm. freaking out it's just Mm -hmm. one of those things that i kind of dealt with by myself very quietly and just went on about my life um and in saying that too, you know, even today, um, I'm still a very nervous passenger. Um, whenever I was a teenager and up into, you know, my early twenties, I, as a passenger, people were like nervous to even have me as a passenger because I was just such a nervous wreck. Um, and you know, whenever you watch yourself, like when you watch a, a truck hit you and you're the impact of the, um, that the wreck is 80 miles per hour. It kind of leaves a lasting impression on you. That's pretty serious. You know, it right was here. it was a it was a head-on collision and it was it was rough. <laughs> yeah. I bet. How old were you in that? Evan? Fifteen. Okay. I was fifteen. Now, did w- did it affect you physically as well? It it did not. Um, so well, you, you, know, you fort- kinda, fortunately, kinda I was escaped one there. If that yeah. impact was fortunately, I wasn't hurt. Um, well, it was a, I was in a Ford F one fifty. Okay. This is not a promo for Ford or even the <laughs> F-150. But, you know, if, if you're going to have your dashboard come in on your knees, you better be in a spacious truck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. uh, and so they had to pry my door open and, and, and get me out of the truck. I mean, that's, that's how hard um, the impact was. Uh, and fortunately, you know, my knees hit the dash, but... It, it didn't. It was spacious enough to where it didn't cave in on my knees, mm-hmm. uh, and if that had been the case, then I would have definitely been hurt. If it had been a smaller car, I would have definitely been hurt. Who was driving? Um, it was my cousin, and uh, it, you know, it was one of those things. You know, when you're at an intersection and you can turn left, and the person that's across the intersection can go straight. And, yeah. You know, go past you. Well, um, their side was at the top of a hill. And so the, the top of the hill was the light. So you couldn't see anybody coming. Well, we decided to turn left and was, you know, coming through the light doing, I think 25, 30 miles per hour. And they came through the light doing like 40, 45. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so we kind of met in the middle. 
I saw it coming, the driver did not. Mm. And so I I kind of watched the play-by-play happen as it happened. Yeah. And and everything, it's funny, everything when when something bad is happening like that, everything's kind of in slow motion. Time sort of yeah. slows down. Do, do you think that's cuz I've been in in a couple really bad wrecks too, and you're right. It's it, looking back in retrospect, it seems like they were in slow motion, and I'm not sure if it actually was or just because everything you're seeing was so crazy, you immediately play it back in your head so many times right. that it seems like it was in slow motion right, because right. you're just recalling the details almost yeah. immediately. Sure. You know, but it's it's a but yeah, it's a it's a pretty uh, thinking back to a cut, I've been in like two two bad wrecks, and both and both of them, you're like, whoa, like, like that was really, we came really close to death. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah, and especially whenever it's it's something as serious as a head-on collision, because mm. I mean, that's you know, rear-ending someone, that's that's rough, you know, mm. being t-boned, that's pretty rough too. But whenever you have two moving objects that just decide to collide, mm. that's <laughs> yeah, there ain't nothing like it. Mm. it's you know it's bad it's real bad um so you know I, i'm lucky to have walked away from that unscathed mm. um i the funny thing is is the reason I, I was actually in south florida at the time when that happened um and the reason i was there is i was at the shriners hospital getting my knee fixed because i i had <laughs> i've had knee problems right Right? Yeah. So I had just gotten my cast off, and we were going to go to Bush Gardens to celebrate me getting my cast off, and lo and behold, ta-da, head-on collision. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so it's like, well. Dude, you're so fortunate that you weren't re-injured. I know. Yeah. It, yeah. Man, I wouldn't want to get in a car fire you either, man. What? Well, and see. Yeah. Did you it, go to Bush Gardens? No. <laughs> no. I, <laughs> my chest and everything was so bruised from mm. the the seatbelt. Like, Dude, I couldn't do anything to sleep for, like, the next two days or something yeah. like that. So, did yeah, it was... Did your mom get on to you? No. No? no. Can't take you anywhere. Just got this <laughs> cast off, and here you are trying to take your leg. Yeah. <laughs> no? Yeah. It was, it was not fun. We Well, I mean, we had just gotten done having food mm. we were having a good day and all of a sudden you know some guy decides <laughs> uh, to cream us yeah. <laughs> well uh yeah so so now you're driving though i i am um and enjoying it so you know like so you weren't like freaked out when you start like when you take off from your house you weren't like oh here we go no and i was at first yeah i was at first um and you know my dad i i think my dad really a lot because he pushed me past that point of being too afraid on the road. And I had driven with some people before too. Um, my friend Joe Townsend that I had mentioned before, he had given me some driving lessons, but I was still very nervous with him. Uh, but my dad was the one that was like, dude, listen, it sucks to be on the road. Just do it. You mm. have to do it. You don't have a choice. Just go out and do it. You can be nervous all you want to, but you have to do yeah. it. And so, um, I got to where I was more comfortable behind the wheel, mm. um, but good lord, did it take long enough to do it? I sh- I share some of that with you. Um, just the last two weeks, I've done a lot of traveling. I've been to Atlanta and back in Nashville and back in like a period of eight days, and I freak out when I get in the vehicle. Like I spent the last four years touring, uh, sometimes over a hundred days a year, and if I wasn't driving. Like we'd have a, a king size air mattress in the back of the van and then like two benches and then the two bucket seats up front. So we were, I mean, as far as like being in a, uh, not 
super nationally recognized band. We traveled pretty well. Right. But if I would be back there on the air mattress, I'd be I couldn't sleep. I would be freaking out the uh, entire time. Like every little bump you feel or something like that, you're like, "What's going on? What's going on?" Yeah, <laughs> in my head, I'd be like, "I'm for sure gonna die tonight." Uh, like tonight, you know, we're like, yeah, yeah. it's 3 a.m. in Oklahoma City, and the rain is just coming down. You know, you're in like Tornado Valley, yep. and we're going still 55, 60 miles an hour in the interstate. You're like, "Tonight's the night I die." Like I'm gonna text my wife, I love her, and I'm probably gonna die tonight. You know, yeah, like, yeah. I still suffer from a lot of that, even if I'm just if it's me in my vehicle driving to Atlanta and back or driving to Nashville and back I'm still like hyper focused and you know because I'm a fairly safe driver I don't speed I don't do mm-hmm. a bunch I don't do dumb things I don't need to be cool on the road I'm very safe I'm a right. yeah. reasonable driver but we see even Shane and I just on the drive here once a week and back we see so much stupid stuff on the road oh, God. Uh, yeah, this but, is, um, this, well <laughs> especially this area man Whew. all this like, road like, construction going on and stuff too but my new thing I used to just like scream at these people and I still do sometimes like if someone does something really stupid I can I have to hold myself in check because I get really angry with them. But now what I'll try to do is I'll try to pull up next to them and roll my window down and like get them to roll their window down. And she's like, "Hey man, you almost just really hurt me back there." And I don't think that's very cool, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. Like rather than be like, you know, you freaking idiot, like I'm, you know, f you. Let's do some stupid stuff together now. I should be like, "Hey, you know, you just almost really hurt some people." Yeah, like yeah. you know, you aren't cool kind of thing. Yeah. That's just me being an old lame, and lame I mean, dude now. Well, you know, you know, you know what's what's funny is is I almost took the stance. I told uh, my girlfriend Jen this. I said, you know, I've almost taken the stance to where I'm going to start treating out-of-towners like crap everywhere that I go, and maybe they'll freaking leave. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but if they leave, bye-bye Finga Faya. Yeah. Uh, bye-bye every local band. True. Yeah. True. You know, no, no, that's, uh, that is fair. It's that a, it's, fair. it's a really, it's a really tough thing, man. Because when you look at it, uh, almost every person who has a job in this area is because of tourism, yeah, no, in absolutely. one way or another. You're right. Well, it, it that, that military, yeah, huh? yeah, yeah. If it was just the military, it, it'd probably be a more pleasant place. We, we'd probably be able to enjoy our beauty more, but there'd be a lot less employment. Sure, there'd be a lot less opportunities here. I have not heard this year so far. Uh, knock on wood. Um, and, and I may be wrong, but I've not heard of any pedestrians getting hit by cars. Oh, you're, you're very wrong. Yeah, you're very wrong. Oh, seriously? <laughs> seriously? See, I, I, yeah. that's the thing. When I, when I, first I, think, I think we're up to like eight. When, yeah. when, when I Just heard, on the bridge, the Destin Bridge alone. Seriously? There's, there was yeah, yeah. like, I think there were three like three deaths in like a yeah. week and a half well, period that, or something well, like that. that. That was just car accidents. Yeah, yeah. that's, that's car accidents. pedestrians, yeah, I think we're up to like eight. Oh, uh, well, so, yeah. I, I know a homeless guy got hit so far this I know of one mm. actually, um, and he was a he was a local guy that a lot of people knew and loved. I mean, you know, homeless as he was, people still liked him. Yeah. Um, and yeah, he I can't remember, I can't recall his name, but uh, yeah, he that was one. See, that I was I wrong. For Thank sure. you for correcting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I, I didn't know it was to the extent that Shane said, but yeah. I, I know there have been some. Yeah, of, of, since like um, January. Yeah. Like, and some pretty I, bad I just, like motorcycle. Just, yeah, I was always new, which is. Um, coming from a small town in Alabama, when I came here, um, it, it took some getting used to. After, but it got to where every year you would hear about pedestrians getting mm. hit by cars over here, and, uh, yeah. and and I try really hard to not hit pedestrians, obviously. Yeah. But um, with the 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 pedestrian crossing lights and stuff, I don't always. Um, well, it, it's it's not it's it, it's one area in uh-huh. town. Yeah. And it's people not using those things. Gotcha. And it's people, you know, trying to hop the the road at three a.m. 
Well, that's the thing, man. People who aren't from here don't realize how dangerous yeah. that mm-hmm. highway is, Highway 98. Well, yeah. yeah, and they call it Bloody 98 yeah. for a reason. I yeah. mean, it's, it's rough. Like, it's scary. It's always yeah. scary yeah. to me. That's now, the I, only bad thing about having our I studio I wouldn't walk here across now. 98. Yeah. No, no, no. Mm-hmm. Nope. Yeah, even at those well, crosswalks. Shit, first, I think the first one of the year, it was this this lady just she just tripped and just and just <laughs> ate shit off the sidewalk. Damn. Well, first off, I can't run, so you know if there's a car coming, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's like a game of Frogger. Dude, <laughs> 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 big ass feet tripping you up. Yep. <laughs> yeah, you should be able to take big steps, man. <laughs> <laughs> Um, did you ever, as a child, did your parents ever like enroll you in sports and shit? Uh, yeah, man. I, I was in football. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. 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 I was, I was good at kicking. Okay. I was really good at kicking, but, uh, I, they put me as a linebacker for what reason? I have no idea mm-hmm. what they were thinking. I was good at tackling people. Yeah. Very good at tackling people. Well, probably cause your size. Yeah. You're big. Probably. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah. So, but man, uh, I'll tell you, I could never get the hang of catching the ball. That's, that was never a thing for me. They were like, hey, catch this. I'm like, yeah, that was funny. I was like, guys, you know I can't catch. You know, you know how kids do. Well, how big of a part was, I mean, is that how you determined, like, what you were? And I, I'm just curious, like, with you growing up, where did you draw those lines in the sand as far as, well, I can do this and I can't do this? I didn't. Yeah? I didn't at f- all. Um, and nothing was off limits for what I will and won't try. Um, and to that end, you know, football, I was okay at football. I didn't play my first game of football because my mother was so afraid that I was going to get hurt. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I didn't go up against other kids because other kids didn't know me. So my mother was so afraid that I was going to go out on the field and get creamed. Yeah. Right? And so... Well, to be fair, uh, everyone who goes on that field playing football gets creamed at yeah. one time or another. Right, right. So, you know, you it's know. it's nothing that you're immune to. Um, uh, like, I've been I, hit and definitely woke up several seconds later. Yeah, looking up, being like, "Oh, I think I'm at practice." Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, right. so I got my bell rung, and and I did, I did get hit at practice. It's not that I was immune to being mm-hmm. hit by the other kids, but you know, when you're talking about going against other teams, the other teams don't know that I'm disabled and not yeah. hit me hard. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I, I think that that's kind of where my mother's head was with that, and it's not that I feel angry that I wasn't I was I was pissed off as a kid about that mm-hmm. being taken out of football before my first game but it's not that I was angry that I didn't get to play football it was that I felt like I was being held back whenever I shouldn't have mm-hmm. um, and I've I've never had a can't attitude about things um, I now that I'm an adult and know what my physical abilities are there are things that I'll tell you I can't do that mm-hmm you know what I mean? Like, um, one of my hurdles that I've been getting over lately is uh, trying to get a job. So I've been searching for a day job because uh, drumming just isn't paying the bills. Not, you know, in an adult life that needs to move on and and actually do things, right? 
Um, Do you hear that noise? Yeah. What the hell is that? Fucking frog or some shit. Are they sawing or is I think they're sawing. Or is there a frog? Is it picking up on the... A, a lot of times we can hear things on these earphones that you can't hear on the actual podcast. So I'm sorry, listeners. Well, we won't we won't talk about it much more. But if you are hearing like a wah, 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 either someone yeah. sawing or there's a frog somewhere. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. Can you hear it? I, I can hear it. Can you not hear it? Uh, it's okay. I, I mean, we obviously can't ask them to stop. Like they, they do work here. Yeah. Um. But uh, but anyway, I'm sorry, man. You. <laughs> uh, Will, you were you were saying recently you've been looking for a job. And yeah. So recently I've been looking for a, a you know just a day job, whether it's part time or full time, I don't care. Um, and this is not to you know anyone listen to this podcast. You need to hire me. <laughs> you know <laughs> that's not what this is for. But mainly, um, you know, I've talked to people that are like, well, you know, we'll hire you to to stock shelves for us. And I'm like, yeah. Well, you see. <laughs> I I can't necessarily I can stock the bottom of your shelf for yeah. you, but if you want me to stock the top the top of your shelf, uh, sorry, mm. I don't know what to tell you. Oh, you need to be able to lift over a hundred pounds. Well, <laughs> sorry to disappoint you again, buddy. Yeah, you know. Um, so it's it. My limitations have become more known to me as an adult than they were as a kid. I was going to ask you that. That was going to actually be my next question. Sure. Um. You I, through all of this, you you seem to you're very clear at communicating. You seem to have a very strong mind. I'm sure that those kind of play off of each other. Has it been easier or tougher for you to deal with your disability as a child or as an adult? As an adult, okay. by far. Um, because as a kid, you know, the hardest thing that I had to deal with as a kid was I had to get over the hurdle of learning to dress myself. That was one of the biggest ones. You know, and then every kid needs to learn to wipe their own butt, right? So, you know, that's that's kind of a hurdle that every kid goes through, but I had to go through it a little differently. Um, you know, so besides those points, um, I didn't really have much that I said, no, you know, I, I, I'm going to forego that because I just can't. Um, now, I'm sure there were, there were plenty of times where um, a parent of mine would say, we're not going to go do this because I, I don't know how much of that you're going to be able to do. And it wasn't by my own choice that I said that I'm not going to go do this because I can't. It was just, we're going to forego doing this. Um, so yeah, as, as becoming an independent, um, teen and becoming an independent adult, I figured out what I can and cannot do. And that that had ma- has made it, back to your question, harder to be an adult because I then learned can't. You know what I mean? Like, as a kid, can't was not something that came out of my mouth. Mm. As an adult, it now is because now I've said, well, this is obvious that I just can't do this. Mm-hmm. And... Um, you know, even my friends, Some sometimes my friends forget that I'm disabled. Like, they completely forget. You know, Joe uh, Joe Townsend, I was hanging out with him, and he's like, dude, do this. I'm like, I can't. He's like, yes, you can. Just do it. I'm like, Joe, I'm disabled. I can't do it. He goes, shit, you're right. I'm so sorry. And he just, it, it wasn't necessarily that, you know, he was trying to be a jerk or mm-hmm. anything like that. He was just kind of like, I forgot. Yeah. Um, and, and Chris does it 
every once in a while too. Chris will be like, "Bro, you got this," and I'm like, "Bro, no, I really don't." Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know. Uh, so as far as yeah, as far as that's concerned, yeah, being an adult, being an adult, yeah. has been much harder. You seem like uh, like you're, you've mentioned your parents several times. Uh, you have a good relationship with them. Um, I do and I don't. Uh-huh. So my parents, my, me and my parents' relationship has been stressed to say the least. Um, for what it was, you know, me and my mother's relationship was hard as a teenager. I had a little brother. And, you know, it's, I, it's not that I was jealous of my little brother, but things were so much different because, you know, obviously I was a disabled kid. I had to be taken care of hand and foot. Right. And so, um, one day it just seemed like she no longer cared. And, you know, I I know mom's going to listen to this podcast and it it is what it (laughs) is. Um, she'll, she will never give that perspective, but my perspective is my own and I can't say anything different than, than what I have felt or what I do know. Right. Mm. And so, uh, from my perspective, it was like a tough love kind of thing. Maybe it, maybe it could have been. Mm -hmm. And, and that is what it is. Like there's a method to it, you know, whatever. Right, right. And and sure. maybe that was the method to my own independence. Mm-hmm. And that's that's totally fine. Now, as a teenager, I was pissed about it. Um, as an adult, I kind of, you know, had some, some hindrance towards my mother for you know, that situation. And now my, my relationship with my mother is actually fairly good. You know, we, we talk, we hang out, you know, we, we're friends. Um, so what's the age difference between you and your, you and our brother? Uh, 14 years. Okay. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. So it's, it's a giant difference. It, you know, I got to see my mom, in my childhood, how my mother was, and then in his childhood, how my mother became, mm-hmm. and it was a completely different mom. Yeah, and you know, so and yeah, people change a lot in fourteen years. They yeah. they do, they do, they do, um, and so you know that was a stressor for me and my mother. I mean that I I, I won't lie about that. Um, I'm sure that was weird if you were fourteen years old too. You were that's a uh, that's a tough age for. For kids, when oh, when I was fourteen, I hated everything. Yeah, you're you're, sure. Yeah, didn't matter. Yeah, teenagers. I had pretty great parents, but I was like, yeah, you know, I was was pretty angry about them about some things. Yeah, of course, that's just part of being a kid, man. Sure, sure, absolutely. Um, and and I've I've heard that said before too. You know that maybe it was just the fact that you were a teenager and you were angsty and pissed off all the time. You know, that's just kind of how teenagers act. Yeah. Well, my mom used to, she would tell me you're anti-establishment. Like it was a bad thing. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, yeah. Okay. I lo- still to this day, I'm like, that's a compliment. Right. Like, yeah. <laughs> right. like, like go to Walmart. Yeah. For 14 years, you had her undivided attention. Mm-hmm. So I can see where that would. Yeah. Yeah. yeah sure. Well, and it's not necessarily that, her attention so much seemed divided. It's that, you know, as a 16 year old, all of a sudden I had a two year old brother Mm -hmm. that 
got away with things that I didn't get away with as a two-year-old, as a three-year-old, as a four-year-old, as a five-year-old. You know, seeing my kid brother grow up, my mom was so different even in how she disciplined that it rather pissed me off. Yeah. How old is your brother now? He's uh, he's 14 now. Is he a Rocky Bayou kid? Nope. Uh-oh. So, right. So, I mean, <laughs> even in terms of that, you see my point. Yeah, I'd be pissed, too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And is your, is your pop still kicking? Is he, is he around still? He is. Okay. Um, he, he's a master plumber here okay. in town. Um, plumber bills, if anybody needs a good plumber. Mm-hmm. I had no idea. Yeah. Um, so... Uh, yeah, he he's a master plumber here in town, and uh, he, you know, he, he we hang out every once in a while, but I don't see very much of him. He yeah. works so much. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's pretty much a workaholic, and he would agree with me in that. Sure, so I, I don't feel bad saying that. Yeah, they um, come see you play and stuff. They come see the band. Uh, Dad comes sees me every once in a while. Mom only sees me if she's invited out by another of her friends. Mm-hmm. She doesn't really. Neither of them do too entirely much to support what I'm doing now. And I, I think that it's mainly from a, a standpoint of they thought that I was going to be doing something very different. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not, to, uh, that's not to paint them in a bad light. I, I don't want any of the listeners or even them to, to think that I'm saying that they're bad for that. It's just that the fact of the matter is, is they don't show up to my shows. Mm-hmm. To, to just come see me play that's they've they saw me play coming up um, as you know starting out whenever I first started hitting drums they were there to see me play whenever I was learning new music they were there to see me play now that I'm out in the field doing it as a professional and it's hot as shit outside <laughs> they really don't want to come out and see me play mm-hmm. and, and you know I can't necessarily blame them do I feel like it would be nice for them to come out every once in a while, sure. Yeah, but well, a bunch of other people come see you play. Sure, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Quite a few. Yeah, um, man. I, I've made a lot of friends in in this field. It's pretty. We're great. we're very fortunate in this area to to have the local music scene that we do. It's there. There's so many great musicians, and um, the venues actually pay people to come play, which which. I know there's there's kind of a, a rift between the artists and the venues. Of course, artists always think that, that what they're doing is worth more, and in a lot of cases, they're right. But at the same time, if you compare what artists are getting paid here in Destin, Fort Walton, Pensacola, that, that whole area. I mean, go to Nashville. Yeah. Go to Nashville yeah. and see what they're paying you to do that. Yeah. Go to Atlanta and see what they're paying you to do that. Well, Nashville prices uh, aren't uh, that <laughs> much further off, really. Well, I mean, it, uh, it's free for, in a lot yeah. of places. Well, and... It, it is you know? once, but once you're an act that's known mm-hmm. and, and requested, sure. If you can then, sell tickets, yeah, right? It, yeah, exactly, <laughs> right. So I mean, it, it's it's possible in Nashville to make it what it is here, but uh, we've this area has actually been compared to Nashville a couple of times. This is they they've called this like it's a little Nashville hmm. itself. My my observation of Nashville from when I used to play in a band that worked in Nashville was the only way that you could really make a living in Nashville as a musician is, and the best way would be as a sideman. And we would see these guys hustle in and out, and you would hop over just to another bar, and you'd see the same guy you just saw play, 
he's playing drums with this guy, he's playing guitar with this mm. guy, and uh, and and they would go and just basically yeah. Was, most of the time they don't they haven't even they're calling the venues are calling individual musicians, mm-hmm. and you'll show up to a gig and play with four other people you've yep. never met in your entire yep. life. Right, right. Only four tips. Yep. And four hours straight, mm-hmm. no breaks. Yep. <laughs> and if you don't want to do it, there's a plethora of sure. other people that are lined up that waiting. are just as talented. If well, we're being not, honest, uh, yeah, if you not know? more, if yeah. not more. So they got dishwashers in that town. I, I was gonna say, yeah, that's that's what I've heard too. Is is you go to Nashville, the dishwashers are most likely better than you are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, yep. <laughs> like so. Yeah, it, that's that's a tough town. I mean, Seattle would be a tough town. Yeah, you know, just uh, anywhere that has higher populations, usually they have a lot of musicians. Well, we and we just have so many venues to play to for the for mm-hmm. the population because of of obviously because of the tourism industry. Yeah. Right, know? right. And so that's that's where I can thank, you know, the tourists for coming here. Mm-hmm. Just learn to drive. Yeah. <laughs> Well, cool, man. I definitely appreciate you coming on. Um, there's a video that I would love to invite everyone to tune into. If you go to YouTube, how can I find it? Willasaurus Rex. Okay. W-R-E-C-K-S, like Rex, a car. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Like, like, like a car wreck. <laughs> Full circle on this podcast. Right. That was nice. Chris, you want a job, bro? You want to do yeah. this when I'm not a town? Dude, I, I'd be a special flunky. <laughs> I would be happy to. Well, cool. So go to YouTube, check out Willasaurus Rex, W-R-E-C-K-S. Will, how can we follow you on, on Instagram, your socials, all that stuff? Should we do it through the band or what? Um, yeah, I mean, you can either follow me on Facebook um, via Willasaurus. Um, I have my own full YouTube channel um, that you can follow me on. Uh, I don't really mess with Instagram too much, but mm-hmm. I've got Facebook. If you want to just add my regular Facebook, it's just uh, Will Russo. Cool. And it's... Right on. And Chris, Chris Reed, you're still doing the... Uh, young Philosophers Society. Yeah, Young yeah. Philosophers, all that stuff. Check out Young Philosophers Society. They're doing some cool things around we actually, our um, area, too. Our, our private school, that's what we just had a big fundraiser at Warehouse 360 for. Um, our private school is moving under the nonprofit as well. Okay. And uh, that's Lotus Learning and Art Center. It's a, uh, a private school for children right. on mm-hmm. the autism spectrum. And... We're opening two new locations, one in Fort Walton and one in, in Crestview. Wow, and you have several Beyond Expectations mm-hmm. locations, yep. too, which specialize in behavioral analysis, yes. correct? correct. So, yeah, you're just kind of, you're a busy dude. My, my wife's been busy. Yeah. yeah. I've just been chasing kids yeah. and playing music. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Well, Will, man, it was all, it was awesome meeting you, dude. dude um, it's awesome meeting I, you I love hearing your story. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's very important uh, to talk about, man. Well, can I can I end this with saying something? You can end this however you'd like to, man. You have the last few minutes for sure. Oh, do I? Yeah, absolutely. Go ahead. Yeah. If if you have a disability uh, or don't think that you can take up an instrument or or anything like that, find something to get into. Find a hobby. Find something to focus on. Most of the time, I I feel like I talk to so many people that have disabilities and they they feel more hopeless than anything. And if you're one of those people. Just find something that that you like. So find something you're passionate about. It whether it's gaming, you can stream on Twitch. Whether it's music, you can get out and play gigs. I mean, most of the time, I, I won't say that you don't have to be good at it, but people people like to see a good story. And so if if you are one of those people that that need to find a purpose for yourself 
go out and do it. Right on. Well Agreed. Yeah. Thanks, Will. Thanks, Thanks, Chris. Thanks, man. Thank you for listening. Um, follow Will on social media. Follow Chris and all his endeavors. Email us, wimty.podcast, W-I-M-T-Y dot podcast at gmail.com. If you have any questions for them, we can also get them to them as well. That's it. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Don't, but there's one big dude. Listen to this podcast, whatever it means.